Hey, business owners, ever wondered what happens when you take a payment? Well, there's a whole world of transactions powered by Elevon. Whether it's through currency converting, security asserting, business supporting, real-time reporting, e-com providing, or expert advising, <laughs> Elevon supports all payments for your business. To find out more, visit elevon.ie. Elevon, your world of payments. Elevon Financial Services, DAC trading as Elevon Merchant Services, is regulated by the Central Bank of Ireland. The Big Tech Show brought to you by Elevon. Elevon makes payment taking simple, freeing you up to focus on your business. You take on the world, they'll take care of the payments. See elevon.ie for more. This is an Irish independent podcast. You're listening to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler. In a few minutes, we'll be covering the latest tech news. But first, we're going to kick things off with a new segment called Ask Adrian, where I'm going to answer all of your tech queries. If you have one, you can email me at aweckler at independent.ie or find me on Twitter. Tabitha Monaghan, hello. Hello, how are you? I am very well. How are you? I'm good. We have some good questions today and I'm really liking the first one that we're kicking off with. Okay, what are we starting with? one that we've actually had many conversations about, especially on the WhatsApp group, because we have our own theories about it. You don't believe that this is a thing. I keep getting ads that appear to be connected with conversations I'm having with friends or family. Is there any way I can switch this feature off? Now, like I've said to you before, I think they're listening to us. You are adamant that they're not. Mm. What do you have to say? You're wrong and I'm right. Next <laughs> question. No, okay. <laughs> I have a couple of things to say about this. It's a long running trope. A lot of people uh, suspect this for good reason, because we don't trust tech companies to do the right thing with our data. Over years of looking into this and investigating it, including firsthand investigations that we have done in the Irish Independent, where we did our own primary testing on it, fairly conclusive that this doesn't happen. Now, if you want to think about it this way, if you, you're still skeptical, over the many years that this theory has been going around, there have been no whistleblowers from Facebook or Google to suggest that something like this has happened. Uh, the data regulators, European Commission officials, nobody has detected something like this. But the most practical thing that would lend credence to skepticism of this is there's no way to buy it. If I'm a big brand and I want to serve you an ad based on what you're talking about to you know, your boyfriend or, or your family or anyone else, there's no way for me to buy that. It's not anywhere in the system. If they can't make money out of it, why would they do it? Right. And I suppose, like you said, if there was a whistleblower, that would be explosive that they were listening to us. Is it the case that might be arguably almost scarier? They just know us really well. That's exactly the truth of it. So there's long documentation about this. You can go back and look at some of the stories that I've written in independent.ie that the extent and the depth and the breadth of their knowledge about who we are, who our family are, who our partners are, what we do, where we go every day, um, what we like, what we don't like, what we buy, where we go on holiday and everything else, they actually don't need to listen to our conversations. So I know this is not going to convince people who still believe that the conversation they had three weeks ago about going on holiday in Turkey is too suspiciously linked with an ad that they've seen on Instagram for Turkey. Um, I know they're not going to believe that they're not related, but they're not related. But, okay, 
yes, I okay, I'll accept that answer, fine. You say that it's what we are searching, but I remember something that you said to me before is that it's what other people are looking up as well. How does that work? So let's say I'm I'm with you, you've searched something mm-hmm. and I might get an ad for it or the other, other well, way around. So there are a number of ways that, that can happen. First of all, if we have a connection or a relationship with friends, um, family or any other type of relationship that is mapped in the social graph and therefore Google's algorithms, Meta's algorithms, all of the other tech companies' algorithms make those connections. That's advertising 101 online. Um, The other thing is that it could be by location. By and large, there's going to be one or two big social networking platforms that know where you are at all times. It's because of uh, the location um, identification that most people actually at some point switch on their phone. It could be that we're in the same place at the same time. It will make all of these uh, connections. Um, this is how online ads work. So essentially, you're right and I'm wrong. No, because you, you, you see, I don't <laughs> think you actually believe it. You're just reading out the uh, the, the query that was sent into me. Uh, they're just so specific sometimes, though. They really are. And it's it's not even it's the timing of them as well. It's they can come in the next day after I've been speaking. They can, about it. but. If you think about the number of things you talk about in any given day, it's, pro- it's probably about 300 to 400 things. If you're saying that one of those pops up the next day. Yeah. Yeah. OK. You fair. know? Yes. OK. OK. Right. I think we'll have to park that one because I think you're a little bit right. I want to believe it. But at the same time, I well, have we'll, this. We'll never in- completely resolve. No, it, I don't think so. Yeah. OK. Next question. I'm absolutely plagued with scam phone calls and texts. I've been contacted I've contacted my mobile operator, but they're useless in giving any useful advice. Is there anything I can do myself? I would think that this is just a fact of life now, that Mm. they're just they're going to happen and you just need to navigate that yourself. Yeah. And it doesn't help that uh, uh, massive data breach of Facebook mobile numbers in in Ireland, which we'll talk about in a few minutes and coincided with a huge spike in these scam calls and texts over the last two years. The short answer is, yes, there are things that you can do. There are some measures that you can do on your own phone and there are some other third party uh, services you can use on your own phone. If you have an Android phone, for example, there's a feature there called spam protection. Uh, You can just flick that on and that will filter out known spam numbers that won't get them all, but it will get uh, a certain number of them. Now, there are other third party apps that you can get that go a little bit further. The best known one is probably called Truecaller. It's free, but there are in-app purchases if you want a more premium version for iPhone or Android. And that will, that has uh, a database of known spam and scam numbers, and that will do a job in blocking those uh, numbers from you. Is that me? So that's mostly calls. What about the texts? Because they are super clever as well. I mean, I was upstairs in the canteen here in the Irish Independent and a colleague got a text message in the HSE thread saying that he had been a close Mm. contact of someone who had COVID. And he jumped up straight away and ran to the pharmacy to get an antigen test. And then he realised COVID was spelt wrong in the text. They had infiltrated that HSE thread. It's a huge problem. By the way, how do you you misspell COVID? But it's a huge problem uh, in getting into those threads. And it's a general problem with SMS, the the old text messaging system that Mm. we all use. The most common question that I get about these scam messages is, how did they get into the SMS conversation I was having with my bank? It's one thing to get one from a random number. How did they get into that one? And that has to do with the lack of security and uh, around SMS as opposed to 
WhatsApp or iMessage mm. or Signal or other messaging um, services you might use. Now, WhatsApp, you will sometimes see spam messages on WhatsApp, but nothing like um, SMS. And the irony here is when the banks try to warn you about this, they punch themselves in the face and shoot themselves in the foot and kick themselves in the teeth repeatedly because while they claim that they will never send you a text message asking you to click on something, the very next day you will get an email from them um, with a clickable link, which is a marketing email. How did we do? Right. Rank us, etc. So the banks have an exceptionally poor record, exceptionally poor in dealing with this in Ireland, and that doesn't help. But the ones, I, the measures I talked about, go into spam protection on your phone or download something like Truecaller and switch it on. That will help. That'll help yeah. the text as well. Okay, cool. Next one. My iPhone seems to have a bug where the screen becomes magnified and I can't access controls to get out of it. I couldn't find an answer and couldn't even turn it off as the magnified screen would let me swipe the screen fully. I had to let my phone run out of battery to get it back to normal. Is there some solution to this? Oh, that's not good. There is. It's a very specific one. Um, the quickest way to do that, this is a little hack that a lot of people don't know, is on your iPhone screen, if you use three fingers to tap on it, um, uh, a couple of times in succession, um, you will see a little pop up that says uh, gives you an option to zoom out okay. and, and that will solve it for you. Now, if you're gone beyond that or for some reason that's not working for you, there is a hard reset option that you can do on the phone that will help and it will reboot your phone. Basically, you press each of the volume buttons at once and then keep the power button pressed down for a few seconds. You'll see the phone go black and then the phone will reset itself. Okay, so fairly straightforward. Is that a common problem in iPhone? It's a problem when you have the phone in your pocket and if you put your hands in your pocket at the same time, mm. your fingers might activate the screen and the this is supposed to be an accessibility feature of magnifying the screen and zooming in, but it's very difficult to zoom back out if you don't know how to do it. Right, okay. Next one. I'm going back to an office job part time after many years as a carer and will need Microsoft Word, Excel and maybe PowerPoint. I've been out of the workplace for several years and have lost touch with how to get these services in an era with software with no software CDs. Mm. Is there any way to get them free or what can I do? You can get a limited version free um, if you just go on to uh, office.com. Uh, you can uh, get a very limited version uh, of Microsoft Office. The only downside to that is you can only use it through your web browser, so it effectively becomes, effectively becomes an online uh, application. Um, and you can only save documents um, online through OneDrive, so it, it sucks you into the uh, ecosystem. You only get five gigabytes of free space with that, which is not a lot, and then it costs from two euro upwards uh, per month. Um, if you want to buy the whole thing and you want a more flexible experience, you will have to pay for it. And that costs uh, 69 euro per year or seven euro per month. Um, or you can buy a once off forever version for 300 quid. Yeah. So uh, now if that sounds like a lot of money or you don't want to get into another subscription, there are a few alternatives. So you can look at uh, applications like LibreOffice or WPS Office, and they're free. They work with Word applications to varying degrees of 
user experience, in my opinion. Google Docs is another one. Google Docs is good. Yeah, I use that. Yeah, I use Google Docs all the time. Now, it's not perfect. You'll still run into the occasional issue when trying to export or import, you know, Word files. Um, It still is styled as an online uh, service, although you can definitely use it uh, offline. Um, A lot of people will just pay. For, for Microsoft Office because we've been utterly hypnotized by <laughs> mostly our workplaces and our offices who are utter craven slaves, in my opinion, to the Microsoft uh, ecosystem. It drives me absolutely bonkers. But if you're, you know, uh, a 50-something and you wear a tie into work, this is, you know, Microsoft's great. But maybe, okay, maybe this person is asking for a reason, mm. but worth asking their employer as well if that's covered. No? It is worth asking the employer. Absolutely. Um, in my experience, asking employers about it gets like a, a, a short answer or something monosyllabic or some patronizing answer like you don't understand these, the, this IT uh, and they still have a Blackberry somewhere in their, uh, in their cabinet. So um, not a huge fan of uh, IT offices uh, attitudes towards this. Okay. Next one is about the iPhone 14. I was hoping to upgrade to an iPhone 14, but the price has gone up more than I thought. I can see it seems a lot cheaper in the US. I'm going there anyway to visit my son this Christmas, but if I buy it for less there, will it work over here? No. Oh. The reason it won't work is Apple has done something very unusual with the iPhone 14. In the US, it is now a, an electronic SIM version, so that it doesn't take a physical SIM card. It's an eSIM only phone in the US. So if you bring it over to Ireland, there are a couple of services over here that do support um, eSIMs. But the only one, the only one of the main operators, to my knowledge, that supports eSIMs over here and only in a limited way is Vodafone. And they don't advertise it much. Mm. It's kind of a bit janky. It's a little bit weird to to deal with them on it. Um, You end up having to go to a smaller third-party uh, operator, uh, which you can do if you want. But my guess is that the person asking that question, what they really mean is, can I just buy an iPhone there, take it over here, and use it as I would over here in a normal way? When did and they the, change that? Was that always Just the case? for the iPhone 14. So could this person, if okay, let's say, it's I don't know what they 13. have now, could they do for a 13? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, they could do it for a 13 or or any other phone um, uh, in the States if... if if it's not an iPhone, my experience is people who are using iPhones usually want a new iPhone. When you try to suggest to them that they could get an Android phone, they kind of listen to you politely and nod their head. And then they say, but what I really want is an iPhone. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, if, if it's an iPhone 13 or if you can get your hands on an iPhone 12, um, that will work over here. An iPhone 14 will not work over here in the same normal way. And in terms of comparison with the iPhone 14, are the 12 or the 13 as good? I mean, there's I, obviously some features that you I think the get. 13 is as good. Okay. I, I, if I was buying one, I, the 12 is fine. But if, if I had my choice, depending on the money difference, I would buy a 13. I think the 13 is still a great phone. And I don't really see the advantage of the 14 over, over the 13, except in a few minor ways. Okay, sorry. Last question on this. What about someone buying it in the UK? In the UK, it will work. Okay. Uh, if you buy it there, uh, if uh, bring it over here, but the monetary difference is probably not that big. It may not be worth your while. Like, do you, if you want to drive to Belfast, which is an Apple store by the way, Dublin doesn't. But if you want to drive to Belfast or Newry, you might 
get an iPhone that you might say 50 quid. Price Spent that on petrol, yeah. Okay, fair enough. That's th that's that one, Ant. Yeah. Yeah, so um, a reminder to everyone out there that if you want your questions answered, you can email me at aweckler at independent.ie uh, or find me on Twitter. And I promise I will try to keep snark out of my answer. I'm a little bit snarky today in some of my answers. They, I always get triggered with Microsoft Office. <laughs> it's um, a pet peeve. It's a pet peeve, you, you would say. But uh, I will do my best to uh, research and explore answers to your questions. Aweckler at independent.ie or you can find me on Twitter. So it's been a big week this week. I think the news, the tech news has been dominated by Elon Musk, Twitter and Meta. Mm. So I think maybe we'll start with Twitter. The news that the app could be taken away from the iTunes app store. Mm. I mean, it, could that happen? That seems a really extreme move. It could happen. Um, I have been privy to some conversations with some very senior executives in recent weeks who would be quite close to some of those uh, decisions. And I can tell you that that those conversations are happening um, at the moment. And there are a couple of reasons for that. Just to recap, Elon Musk is having a big row with Apple. Um, he has a beef with Apple because he claims that Apple has a secret 30% uh, fee that it takes off sales in the App Store. It does, but that's not a secret. That's been the case since the beginning of the App Store. Um, so the reason that they might get kicked out, though, is because they have started to allow all sorts of weirdos back onto the platform. So right now, as we speak, um, Twitter has started to unsuspend over 60,000 accounts which were suspended mostly for good reasons. They were spreading misinformation or they were racist or they were, you know, hateful or they were sharing illegal content, for example. And Twitter at the moment, um, Musk held one of his online polls to ask whether they should be unsuspended. And he is quite a big MAGA following now and he's quite a lot of followers who believe in the US libertarian idea of free speech and their preference is to let them all back on. They like the idea of Twitter being a little bit more colorful uh, that way. It turns out that Apple doesn't like the idea of all that content being available through one of the apps in its app store. And Musk has said that, that Apple is threatening to kick Twitter uh, out of the app store, that, and, but won't say why. I mean, the reason why is quite obvious. In the European Union, for example, Apple is trying to keep regulators off its back. Um, we have a thing called the Digital Markets Act and Digital Services Act, and they are cutting down on things like hate speech. Now, if Twitter starts allowing some of the worst um, offenders back on its platform, that puts pressure on Apple because the regulators, they'll go after Twitter separately, but they'll also go after Apple. So Apple is looking after itself. It's nothing to do with um, Apple trying to, um, you know, trying to dampen uh, right of center political speech, or at least I don't think it, it is anyway. It is interesting that the that another big tech company like Apple has to step in here. And I know, like you said, mm. they are protecting themselves, but they have to get involved now, such is the threat. Well, I mean, Apple was the biggest advertiser on Twitter last year. They spent 
I think upwards of $100 million, and then they've pulled all their advertising. The reason is because of the the content and the accounts and the individuals that Elon Musk is encouraging back onto Twitter. That is entirely his right to do that. He owns the company. Um, you know, Twitter is an American company. They're entitled to do absolutely whatever they like within the law and within the regulatory system. But Apple doesn't have to advertise. It doesn't want its its ads next to some guy who says that uh, the January 6th insurrection didn't happen or that the Holocaust didn't happen or that, you know, COVID is, is a hoax. It just doesn't want to be in that environment. They're not the only one. Um, the, the latest figures this week uh, in, from uh, interviews with senior advertising executives and agencies show that um, Twitter may have lost as much as 50% of their advertising revenue. 50%. And, and like these guys, are they're not doing it because they're paid up kind of, you know, bleeding heart lefties. Advertising yeah. companies, they're not lefties. No. This is about brand safety. Um, I don't think Musk gets that or if he does get it, he's playing a very convincing game and playing to the gallery um, a, a, a different tune. I mean, just to to give you an idea of how badly the cuts that he made. So he's gotten rid of two thirds of the workforce in right. Twitter, which is his right. Yes, that's his right to do that. Although he may not get away with it with uh, Sinead McSweeney, who is the head of Twitter in Ireland, because she has taken a high court uh, action uh, against that. But Wired magazine reported that there is only one person left in the division that polices and prevents child sexual abuse material from on Twitter. Now, Twitter has historically had an issue with that particular type of nasty content. And for the last few months, they've been really working hard to try and do something about that um, to the point where Musk is boasting about the the, the cut in CSAM, child sexual abuse material, that's on the platform. But now that division has been cut to one person. Uh, so what was his thought process there? Like, I mean, that just is lunacy, is it not? Like so cutting back on, we, we on don't that know. kind of department. I mean, he, he's a one person adjudicator on these issues. The real point here, though, is if you're Tim Cook and you're Apple, you're thinking to yourself, you know, you, you, you're articulating exactly the sentiment that you've just articulated and, and you're thinking, I, I don't want to advertise there. And by the way, we're going to keep more of an eagle eye on Twitter now for this kind of stuff. If we see any instances of stuff, you're out. How much and longer Musk can, can't whinge about that. How much longer can app or sorry, Twitter limp along like this? I mean, that's what from from my point of well, view, that's what it seems to be, because I know we spoke about this actually when he took over mm, and you said, no, there it's definitely still going to be here in the next mm, 10, if not 15 years or so. Do I, you, do I, you still on think? balance, I still believe that. I okay. mean, to be fair to Twitter, Musk has been publishing figures which show that its daily active users are up. I, I kind of think there's a car crash effect going on. I'm certainly using it more at the moment than I would. I would use Twitter quite a lot anyway. I would maybe use it for an hour and a half, two hours a day cumulatively. I'm probably using it for over three, maybe four hours a day at the moment because of the mess that's going right. on and be, maybe because I'm covering it. So users may be spending more time there, but that doesn't matter. What they need to make money. And their total income last year was $5 billion. It was their revenue. They hardly made any money at all in terms of profit. Um, he's going to save a lot of money by cutting so many people. But if half or more of your advertising goes, he's not going to be able to, to make money. So he'll have to make more cuts or he'll have to sell it and take a loss. 
Just before we wrap up on Twitter, something that I've noticed, especially in the last month, is the incredible amount of spam messages that I'm getting into my DMs at the moment. I don't know if that's something you've noticed as well. I haven't noticed a surge in that. I I was getting a lot of spam into my DMs. And I had to sort of and blocking didn't seem to no. to work. Um, I have gotten a few hundred bot and spam followers since Musk took over, and in the last few days. They a lot of those have been deleted or they've been whittled away. So they are, they do seem to be working uh, on that process. Um, it's ironic that one of the reasons that Musk said he wanted to buy Twitter was to battle spam accounts and bot accounts. And you know many people are saying the same thing as you that they've noticed um, uh, you know a lot more uh, of that. I mean I don't know. Ultimately he's going to be judged on whether Twitter is a better place to you know, to hang out and it's a more efficient uh, you know social media platform but at the moment he's doing not a great job yeah no Meta though mm. or actually someone who is doing a good job maybe is the data protection commissioner here mm. what's going on there with Meta well just before I go into that story isn't it incredible that Mark Zuckerberg actually looks good by comparison. <laughs> <laughs> it's a bad. It must be a bad day for Musk if if Zuckerberg is looking good this week. Yeah. I mean, it's incredible. Zuckerberg actually looks like a grown up at the moment compared to uh, what's going on at the other social media uh, platform. So last week, the uh, Data Protection Commissioner slapped a 265 million euro fine on Meta for the huge, huge systemic failure that led to the scraping of hundreds of millions of mobile phone numbers, people like you and me, uh, on the uh, published on the web. That's what they were fined for. Um, Meta feels very hard done by by this. They say that it was all a bunch of bad guys and bots that were scraping their platform and there was very little they could have done about it. In response, Helen Dixon said, tough luck, lads. You should have protected the data uh, better. With great power comes great responsibility. And you didn't exercise your responsibility properly. And by the way, here's Article 25 GDPR, and you failed that. And here's a 265 million euro fine, and we're not playing nice with you anymore. That sounds like a, an incredible number, 265 million. But I, I always think when I see that, so yeah, okay, great, mm. that's a massive fine. But for Meta, is that another case where it's just a drop in the ocean for them? Not quite. Okay. So if you look at DPC in here in Ireland has has hit Meta with four fines in the last uh, 18 months. Yeah. Three of them have added up to 912 million euro. So that's Facebook, the one we've just discussed. There was a 400 million euro fine on Instagram and there was a 225 million euro fine on WhatsApp. Which is all Meta. That's all Meta. Now, Meta made some somewhere in the region of six and a half to nine billion uh, euro last year in profit. Okay, so a billion or 900 million is it's not nine billion, but it's about 10 percent of their profit. Yeah, okay, now, so it is significant. That's pretty significant. Yeah. Um, I suppose the point is, though, is that is that going to change their behavior or change the way they deal with these situations? Are we going to see a difference? Well, we probably will for two reasons. First, Meta admitted that there was an issue. They'd said it wasn't their fault, but they've said they've moved to fix the technical issue uh, involved. But also the 
the fine also included a requirement for corrective measures. You talk to Helen Dixon, we've had her on this podcast before. She goes on about this all the time. She says, look, it's not just about fines. It's not just about fines. She says, this is about getting them to change their behavior. So she has, her agency has uh, required Meta to change the way it does things and change the systems. That's that's part and parcel of it. So promising enough then? I mean, the big question that everybody has been asking is, does this mean that Ireland is now finally getting tough on big tech? And can we shed the image uh, that we sometimes have of being a little soft on big tech and maybe not going as hard on them as some uh, entities, like particularly in Germany, particularly in, uh, in other parts of Europe? And you'd have to say, I mean, even Max Schrems, who's the bete noir of Helen Dixon and the DPC. Even he tweeted that this was a, a good start, quote unquote, he said. When Max Schrems is praising something that the Irish Data Protection Commission has done with Meta, you know that sentiment is changing there. And we ha- when we had Helen on the podcast, she said that there were going to be more hires within her department. Mm. Has that happened yet? Do we know? It's it's very gradual. They okay. from the way from what I've tracked with them, they tend to hire about 20 or 30 extra people per year. It's quite difficult to get some of those um, people in. A lot of them are lawyers, a lot of them are technical positions as well. But yet they have gradually been upping uh, their headcount. But then the number of companies that come into Ireland has also been increasing. I mean, the DPC's workload three years ago was maybe only 50, 60% of what it is now. So I don't think they're actually increasing their they, There are two more commissioners. The government is creating two extra commissioners. So it'll be Helen Dixon and two other commissioners as well. Um, so, so there is change there. So Tabitha, thank you very much for joining me uh, this week. Thanks uh, also to Gavin Hennessy, who was on sound. And from me, Adrian Weckler, You have been listening to The Big Tech Show. Don't forget, if you do want your questions answered, you can email me at aweckler at independent.ie or you can find me on Twitter. But for this week, I will say goodbye and we'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. 